Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. Just got done with the uh, community group leaders fellowship. That was good. Yeah, Lots man. of fun. Get to hear from all the different CG leaders and what's going on and yep. what's not working. And you know, But you know what is working? You know what? What we my CG out. is working because we're huge. Yeah. Well, growing. first of all, the leadership's not working. Yeah, it's working great. Because everybody's two coming. and a half, two and a half elders, and you guys can't multiply. Properly. We can. We just you no, know you grow just so won't. fast. You no, just can't do it that. No, quick. it's not that. Yeah. It's not that. We need a planning committee. You guys. We need a strategy. You're a bloated Baptist church. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what you are. Right on. But that's not what I'm talking oh, about. What's okay. uh, what's working? What is? What else is working? From what we gathered from our uh, CG leaders mm-hmm. is we're seeing some tremendous growth in our church. Yeah. When people find out that Joe oh, freaking Thorn is the pastor. Well, you know, I'm oh, a celebrity. Man. I am a big deal. Oh, so. man. So, so yeah, we've had, we've had some people like join one guy, our church. One guy did one, not, one guy read my book. He didn't know one, I was local. Yeah. One. Yeah. We just heard t- the story today. Okay. Yeah, but one hold guy. on. You're telling me that other people haven't came because of Joe Thorne? Maybe one other person that I can no, think of. You're a, Kevin. You, you're, Kevin did. Because he heard me on White Horse Inn. Yep, and he's like, lying. I'm going to go down there. But no. 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 I don't know anybody else. No. That guy, Luke, that you met, him and his mom? His mom? Nah. Yep. Yes, they did. Nah. I talked to them. He nah. told me. So. Don't matter. Yeah. How many people? Three. Uh, I guess uh, three. Oh, wow. Yeah. Three out of 280? No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, hold on. But I'm just being gracious with the, the mm-hmm. recent ones. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the riches? Oh, yeah. The riches. Yeah. yeah. See? Yeah. All right. So mm-hmm. four. Four out of 280. Mm-hmm. Okay. Big deal. I can keep going. Okay. I can, you want me to keep going? I dare you. Uh, one more. Give one more. Uh, dare you. Yeah, you're you, daring you, you, me you can't come up with one more. Yes, I can. Joey Cochran. No, that that was that was yes me. it was it wasn't because yes. of oh, Joe yes, Thorne. It, it was Joe freaking no, no, Thorne. Had, you dare me for one other. more, and no, that's that the doesn't one. count. That yeah, counts. Nobody cares. You know what? You're just all like super sensitive right now because you're at home because you're at home and your wife's not there and you're losing your mind trying to take care of the kids and run the company and do church stuff. You have been cranky and emotional. Okay, first of all. Mm-hmm. True to the cranky. Yes. I don't know about emotional. Oh, you're I don't know about emotional. You're, you're on the verge of crying right I am now. not on the, you are, you, I am not on the verge of Your eyes crying. are pooling with I tears right now. <laughs> first of all, first of all, I just want you to okay, two things. One, I love my wife. Mm-hmm. You know, so t- I surprised her with a gift. Yeah. Oh, just, that was a I, great idea. Yeah. I sent her to Canada. Yeah, without the kids. Without the Genius. kids. Genius. So that her, you know, my sister-in-law had a baby. And now the baby shower is today, Saturday. Yeah. And so I sent her so she can go and enjoy yeah. and surprise even the family over there. Mm-hmm. That's a loving, as a loving husband, I felt like that was my duty. Mm-hmm. Now, my wife neglected her loving duty by laying out the schedule and let me know what it is that the kids have to do and have those things set out. Because all of a sudden I'm finding out there's a birthday party today. Got to get gifts. Got to go figure out. This is your fault. This is all your fault. How is my fault? I show, up, I show up. I show up at home yesterday. The neighborhood kids there. And they're all like, hey, we're going to go outside and play over at Nick's house. I'm like, go for it. And all of a sudden I find out none of his parents are home. And he was supposed to be at my house because I was supposed to be watching them. And I, no one told me that. No one told me that. It's all your fault, dude. How is this my fault? Because you, you don't send your wife away without the kids. You always send your <laughs> wife away with the kids. <gasps> But I'm going to make it. I just got to make it through this birthday party and I'm done. So when does she come back? Tomorrow. 
Okay, so just the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Okay, like I said, it was weekend. just a three-day thing. No, I got oh, work. So why are you on the verge of crying? You I'm not just, on like, the verge of crying. Dude, you but I are... am frustrated. I oh, am yeah, frustrated yeah. that things weren't laid out properly for me to know, knowing that I had all these uh, things of a trial this week. Uh, here's I, a text. I had a long... here's, here's, how, here's how my text uh, goes with Jimmy now. Oh, stop it. I'll be like, first I got to get past all these gifts that I can't share with you. Um so <laughs> I said, uh, I, I sent him an email and he's like, can't talk now. Bye. <laughs> he's like, I'm like, oh, okay. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's dealing with, uh, well, first of all, you hit me rapid fire with text. And so no, I, I want to acknowledge, no, I, I want to acknowledge, I wanted to acknowledge that I saw your text, but I can't talk. So bye. Okay. And I was driving. Okay. So at eight twenty nine, mm-hmm. I sent you a no response necessary, funny thing about like, Hey man. I'm just chilling. Yeah. Don't need to respond to that. Then 10 minutes later, that's not rapid fire. 10 minutes later. Okay. Listen, nobody cares. They tune in to hear us talk about 1689. Yeah. So what are we going to talk about today? Um, We're going to talk about the warm and fuzzy subject of reprobation, (laughs) the non-elect, the fate of the non-elect from paragraph four of chapter 10 of the 1689. Now this whole, this whole, this whole chapter, um, this whole chapter is on effectual calling, on yeah. how God draws the elect effectively to Christ for conversion. Uh, but in paragraph four, we get we start to deal with the non-elect. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and read it. You I'll do. read the whole thing out up front. Others not elected, although they may be called by the ministry of the word and may have some common operation. Did you really just take my drink? Did you really ah. just take my drink? You know That's I'm reading refreshing. over here. I really wanted that. And yeah. you go, it's the last one. I stole I'm not the last the whole thing. Okay, good, because I stole the last one from Pat. So don't steal the last one that I stole. Here we go. I start uh, over. All right. Others not elected, although they may be called by the ministry of the word and may have some common operations of the spirit, yet not being effectually drawn by the Father, they neither will nor can truly come to Christ and therefore cannot be saved. Much less can men that do not receive the Christian religion be saved, be they never so diligent to frame their lives according to the light of nature and the law of that religion they do profess. You know, we should have um, started this with a flower's trigger warning. Oh, good. Uh, because this is this <laughs> oh. is going to trigger the tradition. Oh, yes. we go on double predestination I mean, here. This is like, oh my, this is uh, this, <laughs> <laughs> this is a little this is a little rough theologically for some people. All right, so let's just walk through it um, little bit by little bit and try to make some sense of this and encourage people to think about these things biblically. Mm-hmm. So in terms of the fate of the non-elected, I mean, it starts with this, right? Others not elected, right? Although they may be called by the ministry. So there is a distinction made, right? Yes. Uh, at the, on the front end, there Between, are the elect and the non-elect. Yeah, the elect, those that are chosen to receive the grace of God, you know, grace from God based on what Christ did. Right, right, exactly. So um, they're not chosen because they're special. No. They're not chosen because they're awesome. They're not chosen because they worked hard enough. They they willed themselves right. into uh, into God's grace. They're not chosen because they chose. Yeah. Like, it's not like I oh, didn't look wait, forward. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. Say it again? Yes. They're not chosen because they chose. Some people believe, like, oh, God chooses them because in the future they will choose, choose God. That God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in, es- in essence, God chose – okay, yes – yeah. God based his decision off your first decision. He waited yeah. for you. Yeah. You know, yeah. he kind gets of thing. dibs after you make your decision. There you go. Yeah. Um, all right. So you said the elect are those chosen to receive the grace of God based on what Christ did. Yeah. So the non-elect then, and we want to be like precise, at least we want to try to be precise on how we define this. The non-elect then would be those 
who were chosen to uh, not receive grace. Yeah. Uh, they were left alone to receive justice based on what they did. And that's the key thing. Mm. The elect are chosen to receive grace based on what Christ did. The non-elect are chosen uh, not to receive grace. They are passed over. They are left to themselves to receive justice based on what they did. And, um, you know, we've got some some verses here that I think we can point to, Jimmy, that we're yeah. going to clarify. These yeah, things. I mean, Ephesians 1, 3 to 7 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. Right. So, I mean, according to you know Paul in Ephesians 1, election is based on God's will, his, his mysterious will. Um, it's, it's a, it's based in his love for his people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it is not based on anything foreseen in an individual. Yeah. The riches of his grace. It's right. this free gift given, not, it, it's something you haven't earned. So when we're looking at election, you know, you ultimately have to start having the discussion on the non-elect or the reprobate. And um, Romans 9 is, of course, you know, one of those passages that we frequently go to to help unpack what this looks like. Now, there are some people that want to say, well, Romans 9 is about national Israel or it's about the people of God. It's about the group. It's not about individual salvation. But in my estimation, you're talking eggs and omelets at this point, right? Like, uh, yes, and there is a there is a real sense in which Paul is talking about a people group. But he is also talking about individuals. You don't get to the group without the individuals. So uh, that's what I mean by eggs and omelets, right? It's uh, it's both. And in fact, in this passage, Paul will give a specific individual aspect uh, to this. So in uh, Romans chapter 9, uh, we'll start with verse 1. Paul says, I am speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. They are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. To them belong the patriarchs, and from their race, according to the flesh, is the Christ, who is God over all, blessed forever. Amen. But it is not as though the word of God has failed. For not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel, and not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring. But, quote, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. Mm. For this is what the promise said. About this time next year, I will return and Sarah shall have a son. And not only so. But also when Rebekah had conceived children by one man, our forefather Isaac, though they were not yet born and had not done anything either good or bad, in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of him who calls, she was told, the older will serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. What shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part? By no means. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this very purpose I have raised you up, that I might show my power in you, 
and that my might and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So then he has mercy on whomever he wills, and he hardens whomever he wills. So this is, I mean, it, most people that I talk to that read this at the at the, the, the sort of the church level, the pew level, don't have a hard time getting the point that Paul is making. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly there, there, the, there are scholars who, who debate this, but I think what is pretty clear here is that um, – that God has a sovereign plan that is accomplished through his sovereign choice mm-hmm. that is not dependent on the choices of men and women. In fact, what we see is that God has a plan that is unfolding according to his mysterious will. And so the point that's happening in Romans 9 that, that Paul is making is, listen, uh, to Israel belongs all of these promises that yeah. were in Christ. But they've rejected it. By and large, they've rejected these promises that have now come to fruition in Jesus. But that doesn't mean that the word of God has failed because Israel is not defined by um, ethnicity, right, by ethnicities or by geographical uh, borders. Uh, Israel is defined by the people of God who are the people of faith. And so he said, spiritual Israel, right? Spirit. And so this is when he starts to get into it. And he says, listen, um, just look at how it's been. God has chosen a people to be himself. And so, you know, he's, he's got Isaac and he's got uh, Jacob. I loved, but Esau, I hated. Mm -hmm. And when we start to say, well, wait a minute, if it doesn't depend on like us or our lineage, then how can we, uh, I mean, it seems like this is injustice with God. And Paul's argument is, listen, God has mercy on whom he wants. Nobody deserves mercy. But they they receive mercy, and he hardens whom he wants, and hardening is an act of judgment. Yeah, and so actually, I'm just going to throw in here, Joe, just for uh, a resource uh, for people, is MacArthur's Millennial Manifesto, A Friendly Response by Sam Waldron. Now, so this is not MacArthur's thing. Correct. It, it's, a, uh, it's a response to MacArthur. Now, this one's going to be focusing more about, uh, you know, pre-mill, amill, more about uh, uh, spiritual Israel, ethnic Israel, you know, replacement theology type thing, right. but that does have a chapter on Romans nine, which is referring to kind of what you're talking about here mm. about uh, Israel. So just a just a side, you know, you you're gonna want to grab it. I enjoyed it. We're uh, gonna actually we're gonna review this. We're gonna and give review away some this. copies exactly. And actually, Waldron is game to come on. Good, let's do it. Yeah. So it's by oh, Sam Waldron, MacArthur's figure. Millennial Manifesto. You can head on over. I think it's rbap.com or is it rbap.org? Dot net. Dot net. Oh gosh. Something's getting rbap.info. rbap.us.cc. Just Reformed Baptist Academic Press. Google that. And you'll, you'll, you'll find you'll the book. It. it must be. Yep. rbap.net. You're right. It's I on know, the back I, know, there. I know I'm right. All right. So just go ahead and grab it. So, um, so yeah, I mean, listen, th- this idea of a non-elect people that are reprobate, what we're talking about here is that, uh, listen, th- pe- traditionalists get upset. They don't like this. And they're saying, like, so you're saying that God determined that some people would go to hell. And the answer is, well, yes, sort of. Um, God certainly does determine uh, the, be- the, the beginning and the end of all mm-hmm. things. And uh, But th- there's a difference between reprobation and condemnation. Reprobation is the the decision of God to not extend grace, saving grace, to an individual. Um, now, that person is therefore condemned based on their sin. Yeah. They're not condemned to hell because of God's choice. They're condemned to hell because of their sin. Um, so you, you got to kind of have to parse it out. But just, 
Jimmy, there are scripture, there are scriptures that say some really hard things about this very doctrine. Yeah, I mean, uh, Proverbs sixteen four: the Lord has made everything for its purpose, uh, even the wicked for the day of trouble. Okay, um, that's that's a hard word. Yeah, right. Um, the wicked for the day of trouble, the day of judgment, uh, is this is a part of God's plan? Or First Peter chapter two verses four through nine. Now, now again, listen to to what's being said here two kinds of people as you come to him a living stone rejected by men in the sight of god chosen and precious you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to god through jesus christ for it stands in scripture behold i am laying in zion a stone a cornerstone chosen and precious and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame so the honor is for you who believe but for those who do not believe, right? So here's the other group of people. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Listen to this. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. Mm. So the, 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 the doctrine of reprobation is implicit throughout scripture yeah. and explicit in a few passages now the when we're talking about the non-elect and even when we go if we go back to the confession here just because a person is non-elect doesn't mean that they don't have religious or spiritual experiences no i mean uh there's that that external call right they hear uh, the the ministry of the word actually it says that although they may be called by the ministry of the word right right so so they they hear the word and and there might be some some changes that happen. It talks about it may have some common operations of the spirit. So a lot, right. but all this is external. Right? Yeah, it's it's almost like uh, it, it's like you're well, at least for me, my kids, right? Uh, you tell them to do something. Yeah, little pagans, little pagans. You tell them to do something. You know, they do it and they start to do it a little bit, but their heart's not changed. They're right. just doing it because they don't want to get. They think you know, hey, I, they heard me. They know that right. it's going to make me happy, <laughs> so they just do it. But it's hey, not really their heart. Pick up your jacket and they pick it up. By mad dogging you at the same time? Oh. I'll pick it up. Yeah, kind of like, remember Karate Kid, the new one, with Jaden Smith? You know? No. Hey, you don't remember that? It was with Jaden no, and, I, and Jackie I, the, Chan? Why? Okay. What? That was good. First of all, it's not even karate in that one. So that's what's hey, annoying. He's the karate kid. Yeah, so it's got to be karate. It's, it's not. It's, it's karate. What is it? No, it's, uh, what is it, Joe? What is it? What is it? Or something oh. like that. It's not, oh. They're not doing karate in the, in the karate oh. kid. Oh, so well, yeah. how, how do you know that? What's, what's, tell, me, tell me the difference. Right, fine, you want me to look it up right yeah, now? Tell me, tell me the difference between the two, Joe. Right. Tell me how you know the Kara difference. <laughs> karate It's in the name, Joe. Remake. Jackie Chan's in it. Martial art, not karate. But anyways, you know what I'm talking about? You, you know what I'm talking about? Just that mad dogging, just like that. But their heart is not in it. That's that's the thing we're focusing on. Yeah, it's wushu. Yeah, it's uh, oh, a wushu, it, a type of karate. Uh, yeah, it's it, yeah, it, it's no, it's not. It's, it's not karate. Oh, yeah, wushu is not karate. No, it's, it's like some kind of kung fu or something. It's like, you... it's like it's like some kind of Wu Tang. <laughs> I think the Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> is that so, what it is? I don't know what it is. All right. So, anyways, uh, yeah. I mean, here, here's the thing. Like, uh, if they're going to be called by the ministry of the word, not effectually called, but externally called, right? The general call. And this is going to happen in church, right? I mean, you're going to have people in church. You're going to have people that are uh, that are in and among the people of God. You know, wheat and tares stuff, right? Yeah. So uh, that's not weird. That's not abnormal. In fact, you know, the, the scripture talks about this sort of a situation on a number of times. Jesus talks about it. Author of Hebrews talks about it. Yeah. I mean, uh, 
Jesus in Matthew 7, uh, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I would declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. That That's a scary passage. Yeah, it is. That's a that's a that's a frightening passage. Well, it, it, it demonstrates that you can be about the stuff of God. You can be about spiritual things. Yeah, you can, you can have a blog. You can have your YouTube channel really just, you, you know. You could be a pastor. Oh, yeah. You, I mean, you, you, you could be a, a morally upright person who does demonstrable works that point to Jesus. Yeah. That's not what makes you a Christian. No. Right? Uh, what is it? Um, Schools, the life of God and the soul of man is all about this. It's like the what makes you a Christian is not the accuracy of your doctrine or the morality of your life, but it is uh, the implantation of the divine life in the human soul, right? We, that mm. we become partakers of the divine nature, according to First Peter. So you can have moral improvement. You can have moral excellence. Uh, you can have the right words. And Jesus says, that doesn't mean that I know you. Yeah. There's another passage in Hebrews chapter 6 that the people really get into this one. They really debate it a lot. Um, but I think what they're referring to here are those who apostatize uh, among false, those, those people who apostatize and become false teachers specifically. But just listen to what it says here. For it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted of the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come. So these are people who have experienced these things. Yeah. It is impossible for them who have then fallen away to be restored again to repentance since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding him up to contempt. We don't have time to go into the details or the weeds of Hebrews 6, 4 through 6. Um, but unless you believe that you can lose your salvation and then never get it back, mm-hmm. uh, what this has to refer to is a group of people who abandon the faith, become false teachers, and then are are hardened in their sins. But what we do see is that these people who clearly could not have been Christians to begin with, right? They have gone out from us because they were never really of us. We yeah. did that. But these are people who were enlightened, right? So they had some kind of understanding. Um, they tasted of the heavenly gift. They shared in the Holy Spirit. They tasted the goodness of the word. In other words, they were around and enmeshed in the co- covenant community. And they really, by virtue of proximity, and community were able to experience a lot of the effects of salvation without having salvation themselves. So the non-elect can have religious experiences, um, but it doesn't mean that they are saved. In fact, really, the one of the points that's being made here is that the non-elect cannot be saved at all. No, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it, the confession continues. Yet not being effectually drawn by the Father, they neither will nor can truly come to Christ and therefore cannot be saved. So salvation uh, is it's it's impossible. It's an impossibility. It's without the that that effectual calling of God that right. that chapter ten has been talking about this whole time. Yeah, our natures are just too corrupt. Yeah, right. We are spiritually dead, not spiritually sleepy. Yeah. Um, Sle- wait, so did you say spiritually sleepy? Yeah, we're not spiritually sleepy. Sleepy? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just, we get we get woke. Yeah. Some of us are woke. Some of us. Are, I'm, I'm, I'm not woke. woke. You're not woke. No. 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 I'm, but you're spiritually uh, alive because you're dead. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but, I'm, but woke has different implications. What do you I, mean? I'm, I, I woke up today. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I mean, I'm like, a, hashtag woke. I'm not hashtag woke. 
Oh, I'm talking about awake. Yeah. Like, yeah, you, but no, but I'm yeah, saying you woke I don't up from the slumber. Listen, we got a bunch of millennials listening and they're hashtag woke. And I'm just, I don't think that I'm hashtag woke. You're not hashtag woke. I don't you're hashtag I'm, broke. I'm, <laughs> oh, you're so happy with yourself. You're so happy with yourself. <laughs> I've got like I've got three dollars in my wallet. What are you oh, talking about? Oh, uh, you good know, job. I, I can get good job. Uh, Is it on the uh, the George? Do- it's the George W. Bush three dollar bill. No, I don't even know if I have three dollars. Let me look here. Wait, are you I actually two dollars? I thought you were actually checking if you had a three dollar bill. I was like, no, oh, I know I ain't got no oh. three dollar bill. Ooh, look, I got a gift card for the cigar shop. Oh, that's What's the one up? Pastor Pat got you yeah, uh, for Christmas. That and yeah. yeah. He's what? such a nice guy. Yeah. He's so kind. Yeah. What are you, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? What are you saying? Nothing. You I'm just saying he's really nice and yeah. we didn't get him anything. No. Oh, you didn't get him anything? No. Oh, shoot. That's weird. Did you? We, I can't believe you didn't. That's odd. That's odd. But you didn't get him <laughs> No. I Why not? Because I forgot it. Oh my gosh. I know. I'm a horrible friend. You're a terrible friend. I know. What'd I you mean, get him? I don't get anybody anything. See? What are you talking about? But it's like, I, don't. <laughs> I was actually thinking myself like, man, he didn't get me anything. <laughs> and you got something from Pat? If I was going to get anybody anything, I'd get you something. Eh, I don't really uh, do that. I know, but I want to get some Pat some. Oh, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it on air. So our, our, our natures are too, are too corrupt. We're, we're spiritually dead. We need God's saving power. Uh, again, the non-elect don't go to hell because they weren't chosen. Now, the non-elect do wind up going to hell as they are not chosen, but the reason they go to hell is because of their own sin. Yeah, the yeah. difference. Yeah, the difference. I think that you're, you were keep talking about is we are all destined for that. Like it left in our original state, left yeah. in our state, we were all destined for that. It's just that by the grace of God, some some of us were chosen not to. If God had created humanity. And said, hey, uh, I'm a good and benevolent God. I'm going to create you and give you the chance to do what's right. But then Adam and Eve did what was wrong. And he said, okay, well, I'm not going to save any of you. I'm going to consign you all to hell, and that's what you deserve. And my wrath and my righteousness will be revealed. That would still be okay. That would be good because yeah. that's what's fair. But God does more than fair. He does grace, and he saves a number so great that no one can even number them. Um and then it gets it kind of drills down into this idea of the exclusivity of salvation in Jesus, right? Uh, when it says, "Much less can men that do not receive the Christian religion be saved, uh, be they ever so diligent to frame their lives according to the light of nature and the law of that religion they do profess." So, I mean, this is pretty clear, right? There's no salvation outside of Jesus. None. Acts four twelve. There is no salvation. There is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must trust uh, john fourteen six, jesus says i am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me oh well john three thirty six. whoever believes in the son has eternal life whoever does not obey the son shall not see life but the wrath of god remains on him okay so this is not a surprise we are um, Baptists and uh, you know, Baptists believe in the ex. I mean, unless you're just abandoning not only the Bible, but even just Baptist heritage, right? We, we believe in the exclusivity of salvation through Jesus Christ, Christ alone, right? Correct. So, um, no, no, nothing surprising here. I like that there's, you know, they go in and they're very clear about this in paragraph four, but I like that they even go on to say that, like, the natural law uh, and natural revelation is not sufficient to save, right? When it says, be they, yeah, never, be they never so diligent right. to frame their lives according to the light of nature and the law of that religion, they do profess. But Joe, that like, 
so when we hear that, because he's talk about that, what, what about those who respond to natural re- revelation, right? Yeah, like there, there are guys out there that, that make this argument that, um, like, well, what about people that respond to the God? They haven't heard the gospel. So if yeah. they don't hear the gospel, they can't be saved, no, right? Yeah, no missionaries have come. They're, you right. know, they're thinking of like the most outermost, right. you know, individuals. So or, there, there are people out there that would say, well, okay, there, there, there are two ways that people talk about this. Some guys like Millard Erickson in that, terrible systematic theology. Um, he says that it is a theoretical possibility for people to be saved through general revelation. So in other words, if they believe in the God who was revealed in creation, then they'll be saved because they have real faith, not in Jesus, but it is in God and the God who has been revealed. So Miller doesn't say that it happens as much as he says it's a theoretical possibility. Um, that's pretty much when I shelved that book and didn't care about it anymore. Um, <laughs> And then other people will say they have this more of a middle knowledge view, whereas, well, when people respond positively to God's general revelation, then he will send them missionaries because they're already responding. But again, this this sort of begs the question, right? Uh, is, God res- <laughs> is God responding to our acceptance of him or are we responding to yeah, God's he's, acceptance? Yeah, he's moving based on what we do. And but here's the bottom line. It's almost line. reactionary. It's a yeah. reactionary God. Right. And 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 the bottom line though is okay, so here's the question. What about those who respond to natural revelation? The answer is nobody responds to natural revelation. Nobody responds to it positively. Not not in terms of real faith, real dependence. In fact, what we tend to do when we see what is what God has made and all the good things, we turn those good things that God has made into gods and we worship them. Oh, well, uh, yeah, Romans 1, right? Romans that's, 1. That's the whole point of that's Romans 1. That's the whole 1. point, 18 to 25. Uh, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal, immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creepy things. So ju- just like Joe was talking about, we, we worship the created rather than the mm. creator. Therefore, God gave them up in the lust of their heart to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Yeah, that is, I mean, that's that's such a clear statement on how we respond to general revelation. We don't, not, not yeah. in the right way. Or if we do, we respond to it in the worst possible way. It's supposed to elicit praise to uh, our, our holy and wise and immortal and invisible God. And instead, uh, we carve out animals and we bow down to them and sacrifice uh, animals to them. It's just crazy. So, but even if, even if somebody were to say, okay, um, clearly though, there are people that do recognize that there is a creator. Yeah, there's and, a higher higher being. Yeah, and maybe they don't understand a, a lot about God, and maybe they don't have like like genuine faith in the God, but they do. They some people do frame their lives according to that general revelation. In other words, they're morally upright. They're decent people. They're civilly righteous people. Um, but the the issue here. And, and this is what the confession is stating. It doesn't matter how diligent they are to frame their lives according to the light of nature. Uh, we we need redemption, not moral yeah. improvement. And redemption is only found in Jesus. So 
that's really the point that's being made here uh, in this in this chapter on effectual calling, that we need Christ, and the only way that we will experience redemption in Christ is if God the Father has elected us, if uh, God the Son has died for us, and if God the Holy Spirit effectively uh, and effectually calls us to Christ so that we believe willingly uh, as a consequence of the new heart. Um, mm-hmm. Those who are not chosen, the non-elect, they are condemned for their sins, and there is no way that they will be saved. Now, we've talked about this again and again, but just to, like the last thing that I want to say about it is this is not a discouragement for me in evangelism. Exactly. This is, an, this is an encouragement to me in evangelism. I do not know who has been elected. Uh, I, it's, God is not going to elect anymore. He has elected everybody. He's already chosen So what I do is I preach the gospel and I trust God to be a good and generous God and to save his people. So, um, because like, for example, like with my, my dad, before my dad believed, I shared the gospel with him straight for 19 years. Um, but I never despaired. I, I prayed that God would save him. I believed that God would save him because I'm praying for something good, right? That it's accordance with his, uh, his will of precept. Right. And, um, uh, if I thought if I thought it was up to me and my ability to persuade, I would never have gone to Kentucky. I would have just stayed with my dad. I would never have left because I want to use every opportunity to try mm-hmm. and persuade him. But I knew I preached the gospel and I pray and I trust God to do the converting for the Spirit to do the effectual calling. And uh, and and wonderfully, uh, my mom and my dad have both been converted and they they know Jesus. So uh, for me, I just I trust that God has an elect number of people in every city and every tribe, tongue and nation. And all we have to do is preach the gospel and be faithful and he will do the work that we cannot do. Amen. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctor and Devotion. You can head to the website, DrVotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store, JoeFoStore.com and grab some gear. Joe, what are you going to do in May? What do you got going on in May? Uh, what am I? I don't know. What am I doing? In well, May? You know what we're doing in May. What are we doing? Oh, in May? okay. Oh, well, I'm gosh. preaching it. I'm in, in March. I'm at, I don't want to hear about what you're okay, doing in March. Philadelphia May. Conference of Reformed oh, Theology. They didn't in March. pay for that spot so in Michigan. No. That's right. No, but I'm no, going. No, there. no, no. They didn't Come pay for that. Me. They did not pay for this all sponsorship. The Presby- they did not pay for that sponsorship. And the Presbyterians. <laughs> I don't know the date, but it's March. PCRT. I'll be, I'll be on the main stage. Um. Let's see. Uh, our conference, May 3rd and 4th, on biblical theology with Dr. Jim Hamilton. Bam. we got a bunch of breakout sessions going on. You want to register for this thing. It's going to be really good. We've got a bigger space, uh, nicer space. Um, it's going to be longer. It's going to be worship music. Gonna this is going to be the best conference of the year. Mm. We want you guys to be – PCRT, we love you, but this is going to be better. If you can only go to one, yeah, then you, go you, to go, you go to D. You D. go, you go, you go to, to D&D. D&D. There you go. So you want to head to uh, drvotion.com slash conference. Fresh pod every Monday and th- Thursday. Blog post on Wednesdays. Video content when available. Later. Later.